Um, somehow there's a similar theme between uh, Braden's message from earlier and this message now um, about taking the message of Scripture to, to the world around us. So um, I don't know how that happened. We didn't plan it, but apparently some of you all need to listen up this morning. So <laughs> Matthew chapter 8, and we're going to read verses 1 through 4. Matthew chapter 8. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Now, if you're asking yourself if I'm following up on the Bible conference on purpose with this text, the answer is yes. It's Becca's fault. <laughs> I asked her what I should preach. <laughs> and that, that's true. It wasn't a bad idea. It was a, I just thought it was a good idea. There's a lot of groundwork that's already laid. Uh, you all should know where we're coming from in the narrative. Uh, if you were at the Bible conference, and I was free to start digging into the next uh, piece of text after that. So here we are. There are, these are, these four verses, these fall into a bigger chunk of text within this chapter. And that chunk fits into a bigger portion of text. But just for the immediate context, this text fits into verses 1 through 17 with verses 16 and 17, summarizing the purpose of three short stories of healing right in a row. If you look down at Matthew chapter 8 and verses 16 and 17, it says, When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Matthew quoted Isaiah 53 verse 4 in that, in that last portion and applied it to Jesus literally healing sicknesses of people that were seen as the outcasts of society. Our text has a leper and then there's the next portion of text there's a Gentile and finally there is a woman. Within these three short stories, Jesus' power to heal is displayed in different ways that emphasize his purity and his authority. He's not afraid to touch the leper because he cannot be defiled. He is holy, and his holiness is pervasive. He can speak a word to heal someone miles away. His authority is far-reaching, and he is willing to go to his friend's house, Peter's house, to lend a helping hand and heal his mother-in-law. But obviously in our text, these first three, uh, the first of these three stories, we're dealing with the leper. And in, in looking at this section of the text, we find that Jesus cleanses and gives righteousness to lost sinners 
purifying them to enter into the presence of God and be among his people. And first, what we want to see is that the leper approaches in verses 1 and 2. Look back at the text with me for just a second. When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. In the aftermath of the Sermon on the Mount, I would assume that Jesus and everyone in the multitude were tired. But this event would have startled them awake. Matthew calls it out to us with the word, Behold, look, there's something interesting happening here. At the risk of this multitude taking up rocks to stone him and keep him from approaching, there is a leper that came to Jesus. I know that Brother Jason has talked about leprosy and the implications of it in the past, but I want to remind you what the life of a leper looked like during Jesus' ministry on earth. John MacArthur has uh, said that the leprosy they knew probably originated in Egypt, and the bacteria that caused true leprosy, or in the modern vernacular, Hansen's disease, would have been brought to Israel when they crossed the wilderness into the promised land, uh, following Moses there. We're also not sure if it's the same bacteria that causes uh, the same symptoms in modern times because diseases can change and mutate over time and humans adapt and become immune to certain strains of disease. But regardless of these possible differences, the outcome would have been the same. People contracting the disease, they can lose function of their nerve endings, they, it leaves them unable to feel. They can be burned and cut without knowing it. They can lose the function of their eyes and become blind. They lose function in their hands and feet, being, becoming unable to walk. Their body also may reabsorb their digits, so their fingers no longer are there. It just pulls them back in. They can lose their hair and their eyebrows and their facial features become disfigured and we know now that it's actually treatable um, Hansen's disease but the inability in that time to treat it led to a life of misery because of the physically grotesque nature of the symptoms and the loneliness being separated from others Leviticus chapter 13 has this flow chart like process for the Israelite priests to utilize in determining whether or not someone is a leper or if they have s simply some other issue with their skin like eczema and at the end of that flow chart there's a a uh, prescription for a person that is diagnosed with the disease there are different variations of diagnosis but it all comes down to isolation. That's the prescription. You go away from everybody else. Don't get anybody else sick. Leviticus chapter 13 and verses 45 and 46 says, Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall come uh, cover his mustache and cry, Unclean! Unclean! He shall be unclean. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. 
He is unclean, and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. Of the types of defilements that can happen in uh, the Jewish community, leprosy is second only to contact with a dead body in terms of seriousness. In the Jewish mindset, there is a close relationship between physical ailments and sin, such as the case of the blind man in John, John chapter 9, when the disciples asked Jesus, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? We know from Jesus' response that there isn't necessarily a direct correlation between sickness and sin in every case, but nevertheless, in the Jewish mindset, there was always the thought that a specific sin was at the root of a person's serious illness. So whether or not that was that it was ever the case for a person with leprosy, there is a picture to be seen in leprosy comparing it to sin. Both leprosy and sin are an inward disease affecting someone deeply. They are this this uh sin and leprosy are both contagious and separating. A person cannot cure themselves in that time of leprosy or sin. You cannot or you can become numb in the process of both. Sin leaves a person inwardly disfigured. It leaves you isolated and numb and hurt. And we all know those symptoms well. Sin being part of the human condition. All of us experiencing sin and the human condition. We're all born sinners. And to refer back to that passage from Leviticus, our dwelling is outside of the camp. We're not with the people of God unless we're saved. That's the deepest hurt that leprosy and sin create. We may be separated from loved ones and people in general, but sin, like leprosy, keeps us from approaching God. The leper in this story could not go to the temple. He could not worship with his fellow countrymen. And sin, like leprosy at that time, creates a very real distance, a rift between us and God. Every one of us is this leper. We have a pervasive sickness in our being that separates us from God, and there is nothing we can do about it except what this man did. Look back at the text. Behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing you can make me clean. Somehow he had heard uh, Jesus' teaching or news about Jesus enough to know that Jesus was the God from whom he was separated. This unnamed leper stopped caring at this moment about the social parameters of his disease because he needed Jesus. He came to Jesus even in the presence of this multitude people that probably would have tried to kill him if he didn't get away quickly or if Jesus hadn't been there.
he came in the presence of that, that people and worshipped him. In the process of cleansing from sin, there is a, a recognition of our need, just like this man. A recognition of who Jesus is, just like this man. As the, our only hope of salvation, and then there is faith. When Jesus was revealed to this man as God, he put aside all pretenses and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. He didn't question Jesus' ability either. He, he worshipped him. It was only his willingness that was questioned. Lord, if you are willing. And he also does not demand. He, um, he aligns his will with whatever Jesus is willing to do. He does not attempt any coercion or bargaining. The prayer that this man has is the prayer that we should pray, aligning ourselves with the will of God, whatever the outcome. And if you are here this day having knowledge of your sin and knowing that you need change, you need a Savior, approach Jesus as this leper did. Prostrate yourself. Worship him. Know that he is God in control of your eternal destiny and align your will to his. He can save you if it is his will. And if you're here this day and you know Jesus is Savior, following him as his disciple, approach Jesus as this leper did. Worship him. Know that he is God. Align your will to his and obey him. He has outlined his will for your life to be a per, uh, pervasive, preservative force in this world. You are the salt of the earth as he has just preached and now that is what he demonstrates for us and then he touches this leper this man had not had probably not had human contact in a very long time whether that was days weeks months years but again putting in our, ourselves ourselves in the ancient Jewish mindset, touching a leper would make you unclean. Jesus was doing the unthinkable by reaching out to this man. Matthew even adds some words to this to try and emphasize the action. He specifically says, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him. He like slows down the sentence a little bit by adding the words, put out his hand. It, an ancient Jewish reader would have been on the edge of their seat for this moment. But instead of being defiled, Jesus cleansed the leper. Jesus could be depicted, if you would in your mind, go back to the vision of Isaiah when he's in the throne room of God looking at God and he realizes that he's a sinful man and he needs to be purified that seraphim comes down with the tongs and the coal from the altar and he purifies the mouth of Isaiah Jesus is like that coal he purifies he is a purifying force that cleanses and cannot be defiled but he's also not a cold and sterilizing force 
as he reached out and touched the leper, he had compassion. He made it clear what he was doing by responding to the man directly, I am willing, be cleansed. And it's not that Jesus only made this man free from his disease, though the words depict depicting this cleaning or cleansing, they're like the purification that Isaiah received, even reflecting Isaiah's own words when he recognized that he was in God's presence. Isaiah said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. And similar to Isaiah, this man now, being purified, he is free to go to the temple. It says immediately his leprosy was cleansed. After us just having come through a couple of years of a similar sort of separation from our place of worship due to COVID, this feeling of freedom to worship alongside others is easier to understand than it used to be. It wasn't for us, it wasn't as bad as some places where the restrictions landed some people in jail, but there was a sad deprivation of our worship gathering for a while. This leper would have felt forced isolation give way to freedom in an even more dramatic way than we felt. He was now free, with his leprosy cleansed, to approach the temple and worship alongside his family and friends again being freed from his disease. But before he does anything else, Jesus has the instructions for him to go to the temple as a part of the fulfillment of the law. And that's what he declares in, in verse 4. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, <coughs> but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Jesus directs this man to not say anything about his healing to anyone. The goal of this man keeping quiet is probably uh, to keep some of the attention off of Jesus until he was more ready for it. There was already this multitude following him. But as part of Jesus' ministry, he probably wanted to operate with a little more freedom away from crowds at times. That's kind of seen when he gets into a boat and tries to cross over the, the Sea of Galilee and get away from the crowds. It would be more difficult with this man going around telling everyone that he had been healed. But that is exactly not what happened. Mark tells us the same account, but he also includes that this man immediately went and started telling everyone that he had been cleansed instead of following Jesus' instructions to go to the temple and show himself to the priests. John MacArthur, again, pointed out that this is akin to how a Christian should respond in salvation. Don't just go around telling people that Jesus saved you while ignoring his commands. Be obedient to him and let your actions demonstrate what it means that you have been saved, and that will be a more powerful testimony. That is what could 
have happened with this man if he had obeyed the instructions of Jesus. He was supposed to go to the temple, have the priests confirm that he was in fact cleansed, and offer the sacrifice outlined in the law of Moses for a cleansed leper, which is again found in Leviticus, uh, this time chapter 14. The sacrifice after a leper has been cleansed involves two birds, a piece of cedar wood, something scarlet, and hyssop, which is like a, a bushy branch. One of the birds would be killed in a basin over running water. The live bird would be dipped in the blood of the dead one and then released in an open field. It would have been a symbol of the person's freedom of sort of resurrection and, a, and new life. It would have been a powerful testimony for the priest to see this man having been cleansed from his leprosy because for all intensive purposes, nobody with leprosy that advanced could recover from it. There were exceptions, of course, considering people like Naaman in the Old Testament, but it could have pointed them to the healing power of Jesus and essentially show those priests that their service should direct people to him. And finally, Jesus had already stated in the Sermon on the Mount that he didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill. And that's what he directed this man to do. The message for us is to be obedient to Jesus when we're cleansed from sin. He is worthy of worship, his will is supreme, and he commands obedience. Jesus didn't walk away from his Sermon on the Mount without putting his own commands into practice. He immediately began helping the outcasts of society. They came to him and he did not turn them away. I'm not suggesting that we all need to start rubbing elbows with lepers. Uh, we, we don't need to be in close contact with people with infectious diseases. But we've just had a Bible conference that was focused on the teachings of Jesus to stand apart from the culture we live in. Be selfless. Love your enemies. Pray fervently in the fashion that Jesus taught. Stand firmly on the rock. Permeate those around you with your salty Christianity. And for teenagers, don't get that term confused with being grumpy, salty. Take, take the words of Jesus that are preached from the scriptures and let them change your life. Be cleansed by them. Be obedient to them. If we won't be changed, then we are stubborn and disobedient. Living in the example of Jesus is how we cleanse the world around us. Living in him is how the gospel message is spread for sinful people to know that they are sinners in need of a Savior and that he makes the difference. As Brother J uh, Braden, sorry, I almost called you Jason. <laughs> Braden preached earlier. They can come to him worshiping, asking for cleansing, and begin obeying him to show others what he has done.